Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. It's really a joy to be able to speak today in the Christmas series. And um, yeah, I love, I love speaking for Christmas. I did um, Christmas series for 30-something years <laughs> and never ran out. It's like, I, I, think, I would always think, what am I going to do next year? <laughs> and then the next year would come and it would be something fresh and new. And in fact, I, I'm actually preaching from a passage I've never spoken from before for Christmas, a Christmas message. And I thought, I can't believe I've never actually spoken from this, but we're going to deal with John chapter 1. And when I thought about it, I thought, I can't believe I've never actually preached from this passage for Christmas, but I'm going to today. So our theme is God among us. God among us. And I I love that theme. So John chapter 1, I'm going to actually read 18 verses, so just kind of buckle up and hang on with me. Then we're going to come back and just focus on three or four of the verses. But beginning in John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And that could actually be translated, did not overcome it. So I actually prefer that translation, but either way. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light that was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as did receive him, To them he gave the right or the power to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to read um, just three verses Verse 1, verse 14, and verse 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father. He has declared Him. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd help us today. I just feel like there's a word you want to give to us. There's revelation you want to bring to us. There's strength and help you want to bring to us. 
Lord, there is life that you want to pour into us. So I pray that our hearts will be open, that we be ready to receive what you have to say, and that we would respond to what you have to say. In your name, Lord Jesus, I pray. Amen. So my thought today, I'll tell you my thought up front, so you'll know where I'm heading, but the thing, the thing that I want to focus on is that Christmas was not the beginning of the second person of the Trinity. That wasn't where he began. Jesus began at Christmas, but the second person of the Trinity has always been around. (laughs) He's always been existent. So it says, in the beginning was the word. Well, that reminds me of in the beginning. Where else do you remember that that phrase being said? Genesis 1.1. I mean, the whole Bible starts with that phrase, doesn't it? In the beginning. And in the beginning, gone. Well, so first of all, I just want to kind of unpack that a little bit. What do we think about when we think in the beginning? Well, I think that we think about the beginning of the world, the creation, the beginning of the universe, the beginning of humanity, the beginning. We think of the beginning. And that probably would be a good um, understanding of what it means when it says in the beginning God created because that was the beginning of creation. But God did not begin then. God always was. I'm going to stretch our minds a little bit today. I just want, I'm just going to ask you to think with me for a moment. But, but here, God is amazing. God always was. There never was a time when God wasn't. Now that's beyond our ability to really fathom. That there never was a time that God did not exist. Well, I don't know what else existed, but all I know is there was never a time that God did not exist. He always existed. He always was. He has always been. And so God is eternal. Well, um, Jesus is God. Now we just read, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so God is eternal. God always was. God never didn't exist. I mean, I can't fathom that, neither can you, but he never didn't exist. And Jesus never didn't exist. He always was. He always was. And it says that all things were made by him and nothing was made that was made. All things were made by him and nothing was made that was made. Well, so we see Jesus at creation. In fact, we see there's, I'm actually going to introduce to us two imponderables. We can't even really ponder eternity or the Trinity. But the Trinity, we see the Trinity involved in creation. Because it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. 
And it was kind of like what Leona was talking. I guess he was massaging the waters. I never heard you use that term before, but anyhow. <laughs> so he's massaging the waters. And he was preparing. He was, he was hovering over the earth. He was, he, was, he was like a chicken brooding over an egg. He was getting the world ready for God to speak. And then it says God said let there be light, and there was light. Well, what was the saying? It was the word. It was the word. So you have God, you have the spirit moving on the face of the waters, and you have the word being spoken. Amen? Amen. Wow. In fact, just one more quick picture about the Trinity. When God prepared to create man, he said, let us, plural, make man in our image, plural. Then God created man in his image. Notice how it shifts from plural to singular. That's powerful. Because God is three, but he's one. We Christians passionately believe in one God. We have one God. But we just as passionately believe that that one God has three persons. And, and if you can figure it out, you're smarter than me. I cannot, for the life of me, get a handle on the Trinity. But I'm feeling like I'm in good company. Pastor Jack Hayford, and some of you know Jack Hayford, but he is the smartest person I have ever met. And he says that the Trinity and eternity are the two imponderables. He says, not only can we not understand them, we can't even ponder them. (laughs) I mean, you just can't even get your mind around either one of those concepts. And I've introduced both of those here in the first three minutes of this message. So we we have eternity, God always was. Jesus always was. Well, the word always was. The logos always was. He always existed. He was involved in creation. In fact, it says nothing was made that was made without him. In fact, the world is still being held together by him right now. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says that God upholds all things by the word of his power. And I, I love how it says that. Just stay with me for a moment, but... I would say the power of his word, the power of his word, but it says the word of his power. So God is the power, Jesus is the word, and the word of the power of God sustains the world today. So Jesus the Son, well, we're not there yet, the Logos, Jesus the Logos has always been God, and Jesus the Logos is the creator, and Jesus, the Logos, continues to sustain the world today. He's doing that. But the word became flesh. The word became flesh. The Logos. I wanted us to get this picture of who he is. He's always been. He never didn't exist. He's the creator of the world, the universe. But he became flesh. Well, I can tell by how we're all just kind of sitting there that we're not really grasping that. (laughs) 
I, I know that I can't really, how, how does God, always existent, creator of the earth, creator of the world, become flesh? But he did. He became flesh and dwelt among us. <laughs> God, the Logos, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father. It's the beautiful story of Christmas. We have the angel Gabriel coming to Mary and saying, Hail, highly favored one. You're, and she's like blown away by this angel that's appearing to her. And, he, and she predicts to her that she's going to be bearing a child. And she... I mean, logically says, how am I going to bear a child since I'm a virgin? I don't know a man yet. And, and the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. And that thing that's going to be born of you will be called the Son of God. Well, that's a beautiful picture. The Holy Spirit coming. And dwell and, and, and impregnating her. But let's remember that Jesus, what, he was birthed by the Spirit, but he was born of a woman. He was born of a woman. He became flesh. Jesus became flesh. I want to read Philippians chapter 2 because this is very powerful and I hope it helps us get a glimpse of what Jesus did. How does the creator become the created? How does the eternal God enter and become flesh and blood? I, I don't know. And, and I think that we, I know that we believe it. We believe it. But I don't know that we've pondered it deeply enough. And really allow God to speak to our hearts about what that involved. And that's my prayer for today. I mean, that's, that's, it's just that simple, that we really come to this place of seeing Jesus, eternal God, becoming flesh and blood and living among us. That's my prayer for us today. So Philippians chapter 2, verses, verse 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. In other words, he was God. And it was no big deal. I mean, it was a big deal, but it wasn't like he was grasping for it. But he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. It says he made himself of no reputation. The, the Greek word there for that whole phrase is kenosis. And it means that he emptied himself. He emptied himself of his divinity. He emptied himself of divine privilege. He emptied himself of divine power. So when we read about Jesus doing miracles, 
our, our default, even, even if we know it, our default is still to think of Jesus doing miracles because he was God. But that's not how he did miracles. Jesus did miracles as a man who had emptied himself of his divine privilege. And he was anointed with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit empowered him to do miracles. So Jesus, so in Philippians 2, when it says he made himself of no reputation, I mean, that's, I guess, the best we can do in English to, to try to get across this concept of he emptied himself out. He, he set aside his divinity. He set aside his divine privilege. He set aside the glory of being God, and he became a man. He became flesh and blood. He got hungry. He got thirsty. He got tired. He got hot. He got cold. He was a man. He was a human. God among us. Jesus Christ. God, eternal creator, became flesh and blood and dwelt among us. So I pray that God will help us kind of begin to grasp that. That how, and because we're going to see, it's all because of his love for us. Why did he become one of us? Because of his love for us. He became one of us because of his love for us. It says in, in verse 18, John, John chapter 1, verse 18, no one has seen God at any time, but the Son of God has declared him. No one has seen God at any time, but the Son of God has declared him. Well, first of all, I struggle a little bit with that verse because people did see God. I mean, I think Noah probably saw God. He certainly talked with God. Abraham certainly seemed to see God. Moses certainly saw God. He was on the mountain with God. So I kind of struggle with why does it say no one has seen God when we... And then plus, plus you have all kind of manifestations of what's called the angel of the Lord. Have you ever read that term? The angel of the Lord. And, and though at least some of those occasions, I don't know about all of them, at least some of those occasions are certainly God being manifest in a physical form. I mean, when Samson's parents saw the angel of the Lord, their response was, oh, we're going to die. We're going to die. We've seen God. They felt like they were going to die. And so then that was a response on several occasions where people thought, I've seen God. I'm going to die. Jacob, when he wrestled with the angel, it seems like that was probably God in some kind of physical form. And so I just kind of struggle with that. So I just did a little bit of digging on it. didn't take much, but just did a little bit of digging. And when it says that no one has seen God, the, the Greek word is horao. And what it means is, it doesn't mean just to see, but it means we see, but it means we, we perceive and we know. And it even means we experience. So no one has really ever perceived God. No one's really ever 
known God. No one's ever really experienced God. In, in, tr in, I mean, in truth, no one's ever done that. We, there's been occasions, there's been touches, there's been, there's been occasions of people experiencing God, but to really experience him, no one's done that. But Jesus has declared him. Well, that, what does that mean, right? What does that mean? He declared him. Well, declared means to, it, the, the word there means to exegete. Well, what is exegete? Exegete means like you take a passage of scripture and you, and you dig it out and you uncover all the meanings and you, you figure out what the words mean and, and, you, and you exegete, you, you dig out, you unfold the scripture is what it means. And so that's what it's saying Jesus did to God. He is like, it's like taking a teaching and unfolding it. And at the end of the teaching, you think, oh my God, I get it. Yeah. And that's what Jesus did with God. He, he started unfolding God. He started layer by layer. Here's what God is like. And so that we could not just see but we could perceive and we could know and we could experience God. We could experience Him. <laughs> it's powerful. It's powerful that what Jesus did, He came to help us see God, to know God, to experience God. Amen? Well, I think we experienced him this morning in worship. We experienced his presence. But that would all be impossible without the work of Jesus. Jesus is what made that possible. And then it says, going back up to verses 12 and 13, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but were born of God. Well, <clears throat> this reminds me of 1 John, where the same author, John, says, Little children, I've written this to you so that you would not sin, but if you do sin, and then he gives us the, the recourse that we have available for forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Well, he kind of says the same thing here. No one received him, but, but to those who did receive him, he gave the power, or it actually is authority, he gave them the authority to be children of God. To those who received him, he gave them the authority to become the children of God, who were born... Not of flesh, not of blood, not of the will of man, but they're born, literally born of God. We're born of God. And so what is Jesus unfolding here for us? Well, he's showing us, he's showing us what God is like. He shows us God who, who loved us and sought us out. Luke 19.10, the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who were lost. 
What is it showing us about God? It's showing God looking for us, seeking us, wanting to save us. What else did it show us about God? It showed us that he's really, he's really for the down and out. I know we have the outreach on Saturday. I bless you guys. <laughs> the, the, um, that, that's the down and out. He was for the down and out. I think he's for the up and out too. I think he's for everybody. Yes, he is. Because anybody that's on the out, he's for them. But, but there was something special in his heart for the poor. Something special in his heart for those who were on the outside of society. You think about the lady brought, thrown down at, at Jesus' feet, that they had caught her in adultery. And, I mean, I think that they had all probably slept with her. How they know she was, what she was doing. But anyhow, that's another story. But they threw, <laughs> they threw, her, down, threw her down at Jesus' feet and said, we caught her. He caught her. What are you going to do about it? Well, they obviously were trying to trap him because if he condemned her, then he would lose with all the masses of people that had so been drawn to him and his love and his compassion and his, his care for them, the common person. Yeah. I mean, if he would have condemned her, he would have lost that. But if he excused her, he's violating the law of Moses, Right? Well, of course, that's another story, but he, he said, well, you know, whoever, has, whoever has no sin, you cast the first stone, go ahead. And of course, they all left. But, but the point is, the point is, is that he, he, his heart beat for her. He loved her, cared for her, right? Mary Magdalene, out of whom he cast seven demons. <laughs> wow. What a mess. And yet she became one of his closest disciples, the first person to see him after his resurrection. And she used to have seven demons. So what does Jesus show us about God? It shows us about his, his care, his love for, for the down and out and the up and out. He shows us that. He also shows us a real impatience with lifeless religion. <laughs> I mean, the one thing, the one thing that he got mad about was lifeless religion. So God help us never get there, right? Help us never get there. Let us be filled with his life. He showed us a God of power, right? I mean, Jesus was powerful. You, if you took the healings out of Jesus' ministry, you would not have much ministry left. If you took the healings and casting out demons out of Jesus' ministry, you wouldn't have anything left. Well, you'd have a little bit. You'd have some teaching. You'd have him forgiving a couple people, but that's pretty much what his ministry was. Power, the power of God. And what was the power for? It was to break the things that break us. Jesus' power was manifest to break the things that break us. And that shows us God. That he's, what he's doing, he's unfolding God for us. He's unfolding God. 
Here, here he is. This is God. This is what he's like. This is who he is. Right? It's unfolding God. So back to 12 and 13. To those that received him, to them he gave the power to become the children of God who were born, not of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but they were born of God. What does that mean? What does that mean? That we're born of God. Well, I think that it's, it's easy to slip in. So just stay with me for a moment. It's easy to slip in to a, a religious mode. Where, we, where we're trying hard to do good, and there's nothing wrong with that. Where we're, we're, we're really working hard at turning over a new leaf, nothing wrong with that. I mean, New Year's is coming up, and we'll probably all make some resolutions that we'll all break in about a week, but, but, uh, but uh, we're, 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 there's nothing wrong with that. That's all good. But, but that's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about doing good. He's not talking about doing better. He's not talking about turning over a new leaf. He's not talking about being religious. And religion is not a bad thing in the sense of that it, it's a vehicle that kind of contains the work of God. But, but it's not any of that. He, he will give us the power to become the children of God. That we will be born again. We'll be born again. We'll, Jesus told Nicodemus, you're going to be born again, born of the Spirit. And so what does that mean? It means that, that Jesus unfolded God for us so that we understand that he's reached out to us so that we cannot just do good, but that we can actually be recreated, born. Jesus was born Okay, now follow me on this. Jesus was born of the Spirit. We are born of the Spirit. How does that happen? I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know. I just know that when we receive him, he gives us the authority. He gives us the ability. He gives us new birth. And we become children of God. We don't become good people. Hopefully we'll be good people, but that's not what we become. We become children of God. Born again. And let me just add one more thing. I think that that could be ongoing. Let's say that you are born again, but there are... There are struggles, there are points of struggle, there are problems, there are points of bondage in your life. And every single person has that. Every single person has some point of struggle, some point of bondage. And, and you receive Jesus. Well, you've been born again, but you, you see God unfolded, his power his healing, his deliverance. You see that unfolded and you receive that truth and God births you to a new place of freedom. 
You see that? I don't know if we saw it or not. I, <laughs> I mean, there's, it, it's like we're, we're saved, we're born again, but, but we still have places in our life. And it's an ongoing process. It will be ongoing till the day we die. And all of a sudden, I see God at a deeper dimension than I saw him before. I see Jesus unfolding him a little bit more. Oh, I see that. And then I perceive it, and I know it, and I receive that. And there's a new birthing that takes place in my life. A new birthing of freedom, a new birthing of wholeness, a new birthing of wellness that takes place in my life because I saw Jesus unfold God and I received it. See that? And I received it. And so now I have new dimension of life. So my, my prayer for us today is, if nothing else, if just we can be awestruck at Jesus, <laughs> awestruck at his eternity, awestruck that he is the creator and, and just as awestruck by the fact that that Jesus, that Logos became flesh and dwelt among us because he loved us, because of his care for us, because he wants to give us life, give us God. Amen. That's my prayer for us today. So in a, in a moment, someone's going to come and going to encourage you to respond to the message. Let me just say a word about that. In fact, in pre-service prayer, we had someone prayed and just felt like that today was the day for someone to meet Jesus as their Savior. Well, what a great day that would be. What a great day for whoever that is. <laughs> And for the rest of us, for the rest of us. I, I believe that, that there is revelation that God wants to bring. And revelation, that sounds like a churchy word, but that just means the unfolding of who God is. That you can see today and you can receive today for a greater birthing of God's fullness in your life that maybe you haven't had before. I mean, I've been a Christian for, I don't even know, <laughs> 51 years. 51 years I've been a Christian. It's, I mean, it's like it's brand new. It's brand new. You see, I saw something new about God today in my devotions this morning. It's brand new brand new. And so I just pray that God will open your eyes to see him in a whole new way and that you can respond to that. You can receive and God can birth in you something brand new. Right? God bless you. We hope this message was impactful to you. 
If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.